0: Welcome to Oncology Spotlight, a podcast where we interview those who are working on the war against cancer, brought to you by the OncoAssist team. Today, as our guest, we have Najia Mussolino, the CEO of the International Society of Geriatric Oncology. Najia has a PhD in Molecular Biology from the University of Geneva and has over 10 years of experience working in international development and public health. Thank you for joining us today, Najia.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me. i honored to be speaking with you today. Thank you for the invite.
0: Just to kick off, can you give us a brief introduction of yourself and your background?
1: Um, I live in Geneva, uh, one of the cities known as home to many international organizations, and I serve at the International Society of Geriatric Oncology um, now since 2018.
0: Good. And what led you to working at SIAD?
1: Um, You know, as a PhD student, um, and in those days working in the private sector, I was um, always fascinated about initiatives that address the bottlenecks in research and partnerships for health inequity. And uh, you know, there are countless issues that need to be addressed in global health. And um, there are many different organizations all involved um, that are successfully shaping global health. And towards the end of my PhD, I was closely following the happenings in global health initiatives. And um, I was always interested to see how uh, key opinion leaders and and countries provided practical and flexible approaches for optimizing education and and research for health and innovation. So then in um, 2014, this interest actually led me to make a transition from the Ludwig Cancer Research Institute in Lausanne, here in Switzerland, uh, to the area of global health. And while serving as a postdoc associate, I was um, involved in the development of antibody toxin conjugates for a large spectrum of solid tumors. So um, the transition to cancer was very natural for me. And then from there on, um, I had some wonderful opportunities of serving within. Project consortiums in Africa, in Latin America. And then it was, you know, definitely a sense of satisfaction in terms of, you know, feeling like I'm doing something meaningful. Mm. And when I learned about SciOG, I thought this was exactly what I was seeking to do. The leadership and members came across as a forward thinking network, and um, therefore it seemed as the perfect place to serve.
0: Excellent, excellent. Can you tell me a little more about the work you were doing in Latin America and Africa?
1: Well, these were uh, European funded projects that uh, mainly focused on by regional collaborations between the EU uh, and Africa and EU and Latin America for enhanced cooperation in terms of uh, um, enhancing, encouraging better partnerships, equity in partnerships and improved, um, I'd say fair distribution of portfolios of benefits of such partnerships.
0: Okay, okay, great. And, you know, uh, just to kind of back up a bit, you mentioned um, uh, during your, your PhD, you, you, you got interested in public health. What do you think drew you into public health and molecular biology? Why, why, why did it become such an interesting space for you? And specifically when- cancer care?
1: Well, well, specifically uh, related to cancer care, we know one of the biggest challenges of the 21st century uh, medicine is ageing of the global population. And we know that at some point, uh, this will definitely lead to increased demand for primary health care and long-term care, as well as for a, a larger and better trained workforce that can be prepared to respond better to the needs of the older adults with cancer. So these were some of the points that were intriguing. And I was just thinking to myself, well, we are developing drugs. But what about are we thinking about the older population? Are the drugs that we are developing today well adapted for the older populations or not? So these were some of the questions that actually were uh, you know, coming to my mind at that in that phase of my career. And that was what actually led me into global health and particularly in cancer care.
0: Um- can you tell us a little more about Sayag?
1: You know, um, the WHO's uh, reports on demographic trends and stats on aging have shown that um, by 2030, one in six people in the world uh, will be aged um, 60 years or over. And uh, the number of people aged 80 years and older is expected to triple by 2050. So. You know, populations around the world are um, aging very rapidly, and uh, often cancer is associated with age. You know, it comes with, with age. Um, the International Society of uh, Geriatric Oncology, also known as SIOG, which is the French acronym for Société Internationale d'Oncologie Geriatrique, was established 22 years ago to respond to this uh, demographic challenge. And um, SIOG is basically a multidisciplinary society of health professionals, and it is registered as a non profit organization in Geneva since 2012. In fact, um, the history of geriatric oncology has been recently authored by uh, some of the SIOG members and also some of the founding members of SIOG, uh, published in the ASCO post in uh, three different parts. And um, the first part basically talks about, you know, this period up until the 1990s of how geriatric oncology uh, uh, grew and uh, came to, to be known uh, in, the, in the field of uh, research, uh, clinical practice. And uh, part two then talks about uh, the 25 years that follow, and also explains, Uh, how um, the International Society of Geriatric Oncology was established in New York uh, during the first uh, conference, International Conference of Geriatric Oncology. And then part three talks about uh, the invaluable contributions uh, made by allied health professionals um, to the field. So, um, SIOG is basically a a membership-based society and it welcomes members from more than 80 different countries. We have different committees, interest groups, um, also including national representatives in 35 um, different countries. And uh, the network is powered, I'd say, by global collaborations and these healthcare professionals, allied health professionals, all work um, towards uh, the improvement of education, uh, clinical practice, research, and also partnerships for better patient outcome.
0: Okay, very good. And and what are some of the biggest challenges you're facing at SIOG at present?
1: Well, um, you know, in 2019, um, we saw that there was this one global emergency. Mm. Um, and there has not been a situation like this one, at least uh, during my lifetime, where we, you know, we've been reminded of uh, uh, the importance of global collaborations and um, at all levels. I would say at the levels of health systems, life sciences, uh, different industries, pharmaceutical industry. Now, you know, um, the economic crisis, pandemic, and also war in some regions in, in Europe. Mm. Have you know forced choices in everyone, and um, COVID nineteen has strained uh, the industries worldwide, and it has encouraged us to come together, to to work together, to to increase global collaborations, and make sure that our efforts are aligned with the contexts, with the uh, the needs, and uh, what can be done better in terms of uh, you know the health systems. How can we improve coordination? How can we improve the partnerships? Uh, also to avoid redundancies. So I think that was one of the biggest challenges, I think, like many other um, institutions that Psyog faced um, since 2019. Um, apart from this, um, I would also say, you know, even, even though there has been tremendous progress um, achieved in the past two decades by PSIOG, you know, we still need to generate a critical mass towards making the shift. Mm. Um, but it's not enough. I mean, SIOG is um, um, relatively small to uh, what the demand is worldwide, you know, aging of the global population is a worldwide issue. So um, it's not enough, more has to be done. And uh, now if you look, for example, at uh, some drug companies, we notice that very few older subjects are included in clinical trials. And there is still um, you know, significant resistance in this area. And uh, I would say, therefore, there's also very little information on the tolerance of these drugs, these new drugs, and how effective these can be in frail, older, non-fit populations. Um, there is this another challenge, I would say, um, related to the you know, common concerns in uh, uh, low-income countries. And essentially, I would say related to lack of resources, maybe also um, weak research policy framework in some contexts, uh, weak career development pathways for health professionals. All these are challenges that CIOG acknowledges and understands, but to make an impactful change in this space, you know we require fundamental change at the level of the countries, more mobilisation. So, yes, those are some of the challenges that come to my mind.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, just to go back to the clinical trial example and the lack of older adults in the trials. Is this something you work with industry on?
1: Yes, we do. We do not have a formal program to to work in this area. But mm. we do have instances we've actually encountered um, several opinion leaders um, in, in the area to kind of explain uh, from our perspective how the healthcare systems uh, see um, uh, the challenge and what can be done better mm. if we cooperate and work differently. Uh, we, uh, we kind of keep it um, uh, as part of our advocacy efforts, You know, um, try to um, educate, uh, raise awareness around the problem and yeah. see what can be done better together.
0: Okay, okay. Very interesting. And you mentioned prior to this discussion about some of the work you're doing in education. Um, Could you give us a bit of background on that, and the projects you're currently running in in education?
1: Yes. So at Sciog, our educational activities are really um, determined through an international expert consensus. Um, So this consensus actually guides the educational materials that then further on impacts clinical practice and research. Um, so our educational activities come in a wide variety of formats we offer um, online modules uh, webinars and expert interviews or even face-to-face cme accredited workshops and courses and uh, one of the highly demanded trainings is our SIOG advanced course in geriatric oncology which is conducted every year in collaboration with the university catholica Del Sacre Cuoro in Italy. Um, uh, You may know admission is highly competitive, but on the other hand, now we have an alumni that is highly engaged and uh, many of them have already successfully established uh, geriatric oncology departments in their respective institutions. And um, given the success of the course, it has now been replicated for Asia Pacific and is given out of Canberra. Apart from this, SCIOG uh, is also involved in educational projects uh, of the European Union's Age 2020 research and innovation programs, and mm-hmm. we regularly publish recommendations on a broad range of tumor topics in geriatric oncology. And obviously SCIOG's um, official journal, JGO, the Journal of Geriatric Oncology, covers all aspects in this area, uh, from basic scientific research to clinical research, as well as research that is relevant to education and policy development.
0: Okay, excellent. So, do you, t- do you lead projects in Horizon twenty twenty, or are you typically participants? Yes. You're one of like a consortium. Okay,
1: it's one I of the consortium partners.
0: Oh, very good. Could you give us an example of one of the ones you've recently been involved in? Um, we've been involved in a few ourselves, so it'd be interesting to know. A little well. About. Uh,
1: Yes, one of the uh, very recent projects is um, Geronte. Um, Geronte is uh, an EU um, H2020 research um, uh, funded program at CIOG and uh, basically led by uh, the University of Bordeaux. And um, its main uh, objective is to to enhance the um, strengthening of um, exchange of holistic data, um, understand better the role of primary care in case management. Um, and the main objective is really to provide um, uh, country-specific guidelines and best practices for implementation across Europe and for um, improved management of uh, older multimorbid patients uh, which would include improved quality of life and uh, uh, independent living at decreased costs.
0: Okay. Good. Excellent. Very good. I'm just wondering if you have any conferences coming up or, or do you have an annual conference or.
1: What's yes. The we, yes, we do have um, the ZIog annual conference, which is basically held every year in, um, in Europe. And. Uh, we also have um, had our conferences outside Europe in, in North America, but this year we're coming back to Geneva, and we're looking forward to meet uh, meeting everyone in person after a very long time.
0: Mm.
1: So this um, conference is really um, a space for healthcare professionals to to come together, to exchange ideas, um, learn of new updates, you know, across disciplines, and um, and help us um, make. Uh, more progress in geriatric oncology through, um, you know, discussions, through publications, through um, exchange of ideas, as I mentioned. So we really invite uh, our listeners to to visit the SIOG um, website and see if they would be interested to come and attend. We uh, will be uh, very happy to welcome them, especially here in Geneva.
0: Brilliant. What are the dates this year? Uh,
1: the conference is going to be on the 28th october to the 30th of october
0: lovely nice time of year for to to visit geneva i could imagine um yes
1: it's a great place to to visit
0: cool for any patients and caregivers listening to this what are your tips on navigating cancer care
1: well um you know sciox core focus is um enabling personalized care uh, Mm. uh for older patients And uh, as I mentioned, CIOC members and founders are all passionate individuals who have really dedicated their careers to ensure that the needs of the patients are addressed first. Um, You know, in low middle income countries, um, informal caregivers are usually uh, family caregivers. Mm. And uh, they um, are the ones that provide essential care, uh, sometimes without information or sufficient support. So um, from that perspective, I would say Siog has resources and trainings to offer. We we would recommend for caregivers, for example, I would invite them to get in touch with the Siog Nursing and Allied Health Group for access to free educational resources and uh, guidances. Um, For for patients, um, we do have a few educational events where they are invited to speak alongside um, health professionals, so these could be CIOC members, as well as patient representatives on specific topics. And uh, these resources are, again, made um, available free of charge to, to patients and are available on our website as well.
0: Okay, excellent. And we, we can link to all that as well in the show notes so they'll be available to listeners at the bottom of the podcast. Um, okay, that, that, that's, that's very interesting. So in certain countries, the main caregiver you find is actually a family member more so than the clinicians. Is is that my, is my understanding there correct?
1: Yes. Uh, uh, in most of the context in LMICs, um, informal caregivers tend to be family members. I know
0: you're doing work in that space because I can imagine there's a huge need there. Uh, so yeah, it's really good. Najee, before we finish up, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about?
1: Well, uh, yes, I think I would be very interested to mention the public policy actions of Siog. Um, uh, because this is one of the you know main areas of focus since 2019.
0: Sure.
1: Um, you you may know in 2019, Sioc completed um, a major study to underpin success stories, challenges, funding, and uh, and care initiatives, which basically culminated uh, in a, with a policy meeting that took place at the United Nations in Geneva, in Switzerland. So this happened in 2019. We have uh, this uh, wonderful publication now, which is um, called the Priorities for the Global Advancement of Care for Older um, Adults with Cancer. Uh, it summarizes uh, some of the um, some of the recommendations that we um, consolidated over the course of a year and a half from the partners we consulted with, and uh, it summarizes basically the Basic main priorities listed under twelve priorities on what needs to be done next in in terms of moving from recommendations to actions to to support our country partners for more trained healthcare uh, workers and uh, more education, more training possibilities. And sure. uh, uh, I will invite um, our audience here to. Um, if they can, download the publication and uh, and let us know which priority suits them best. Um, PSYOP members are here to support uh, the partners. Anyone interested to take one of the priorities forward in their institutions, in their countries, we will be very happy to support.
0: Okay, great. And um, So these were 12 priorities that were identified, you know, was it based on discussions with members or, or how is it developed?
1: Yes, so in um, you know, in 2011, Saog um, published the Saog Ten Priorities Initiative, mm. and back then uh, it was defined um, uh, as one of those, you know, top priorities that were needed for the improvement of care for older adults worldwide. But then, since 2011, um, the the work working group basically realised that, you know, there was uh, a lot of scientific development. A lot had happened at the level of the SDGs at the United Nations uh, in terms mm-hmm. of universal health coverage and the health-related goals of the SDGs. So there, you know, needed to be some kind of a revision and also um, uh, uh, a revised kind of a um, consultation with the partners and and members of SIOCT to better understand how to align those priorities with the global priorities that were proposed by the WHO and and the SDGs, basically. So. In 2019, uh, we undertook this project where we um, brought together our national representatives and invited external entities to to join us and and give their recommendations on what needed to be revised um, from what was done basically in 2011, what could be done better and uh, how do we need to align our our respective goals and and priorities by getting together uh, in the form of coordinated action. Um, to take things forward for the the space in cancer and aging.
0: Um, yeah, it sounds like a very interesting initiative, and we'll be sure to um to link to it on in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, that that's everything. So, well, thanks very much, Nadia, for your time. Um, you know, it's very interesting to learn more ab- about SIOG and the work you're doing. Um, you know, if there's anything we can ever do with Anquists, please let us know. We're happy to help, and obviously, we'll we'll we'll. we'll um, We'll publish this uh this podcast through all of our channels
1: thank you kevin thank you for having me